This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen. Welcome back to The Savvy Psychologist, and I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. We'll use the best of psychology to help you be happy, healthy, and most importantly, yourself. So there's been a lot of coverage about how Facebook is addictive, makes us depressed, gives us eating disorders, makes us antisocial, and generally turns us into self-hating losers. But with 700 billion minutes worldwide per month spent on Facebook, people must be getting something out of it. I combed through the lesser-known research to find out how to get the most out of Facebook and use it to enhance your life. So to that end, here are six tips on how to use Facebook to make you happy. Tip number one, participate. So don't hang out on Facebook just to look at your newsfeed or other people's profiles. Instead, only go there when you have some news to share. A 2013 study found that Facebook frequenters who spent time on the site without posting their own content were more likely to feel envious and dissatisfied with their own lives. The biggest culprit of envy? Your friend's vacation photos. More proof that those beach feet selfies are not good for anyone. Tip number two, share good news. Everyone knows that people selectively filter their lives when they post. Parties, baby's first step, anniversaries, and beautiful weekends at that B&B in Sonoma all make the cut. No one posts that creditors are calling or that they're hungover on a Tuesday. But the effect of posting this positive information is that you get positive feedback, which is not only reinforcing, but according to a 2012 study out of Columbia University, also boosts Facebook users' self-esteem. So post good news, with the caveat of tip number three, which is weed out those friends you've only met once. So that self-esteem boost only works if you have strong ties to your Facebook friends. 
The same study found if your newsfeed is filled with pictures of people you don't recognize, much less care about, you won't feel the benefits. So consider culling those folks on your friend list you don't even remember meeting. And if unfriending seems too extreme, you can unfollow your friends. They'll still be your friends, but their posts just won't show up in your feed. Tip number four, know that happiness is contagious. So this finding comes from the now infamous social experiment Facebook secretly carried out in January 2012. It turns out that Facebook data scientists were paying attention to all the talk about Facebook making people miserable, and they were worried it would lead to people leaving the site. Therefore, for a week that January, nearly 700,000 Facebook users' accounts were manipulated to either reduce the number of positive posts, like, had a great day with great friends, or negative posts, like, bumming that my cat is sick, that appeared in their newsfeeds. The findings, published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences this year, found that when positive posts were omitted from the newsfeed, people produced not only fewer positive posts of their own, but also more negative posts. And likewise, when negative posts were suppressed, people followed suit, making fewer negative posts of their own and more positive posts. The conclusion? Evidence for emotional contagion on a massive scale. So users and ethicists gave a big dislike to the fact that users weren't informed this was happening. And seriously, with over 900 million users, you'd think Facebook could find enough people who would consent to be in a study. But Facebook later apologized for the clumsy way the experiment was carried out. Regardless, the study showed that online, happiness is contagious, whether you're conscious of it or not. So contribute to your friend's happiness by posting good stuff, liking generously, and writing positive comments. Karma works online too. Tip number five, use Facebook to maintain your social capital. In a 2007 study, I know a million years ago in the days of social media, but the findings are still relevant. Researchers found that heavier use of Facebook was associated with three different kinds of social capital. Now, to back up, social capital is what you get out of your relationships, the resources you can access through your network of friends, family, and colleagues. So the study focused on bridging capital, your acquaintances or friends of friends, better known as weak ties, bonding capital, the close, emotionally supportive friends, better known as strong ties, and maintained capital, which is the ability to maintain valuable connections as your life and geographic location changes. Individuals who used Facebook had greater social capital in all three areas, meaning they were more likely to endorse being able to turn to someone for help with an important decision or a loan, being able to count on someone from a previous town to do them a small favor, and they felt like they were part of a larger community. Applied to real life, such capital may have implications for finding a job or feeling supported during a time of stress. Tip number six, know that you can generally trust a Facebook profile. Facebook is fundamentally about keeping in touch with people you know, but the format, a profile you create, photos you decide to post, and status updates you write, forces you to curate your own image. And for better or worse, you get to create how you wanna be seen, and you get to see how others react in real time to this image. However, even with all the posturing and image making, a 2010 study found that Facebook profiles do reflect people's actual characteristics and personalities, not idealized fantasies. So researchers asked to see profiles of college-age Facebook users and then asked four of their good friends to fill out a personality questionnaire about them. Then they had each Facebook user fill out an ideal personality profile, 
directing them to, quote, describe yourself as you ideally would like to be. And it turns out that the Facebook profiles more closely match the friend's description of the real person rather than the user's idealized description. The conclusion, people post their real identity, even in the virtual world. Therefore, you can keep it real and rest assured that your friends probably are too. And a bonus, how many Facebook friends should you have? Well, to be able to successfully maintain relationships, as well as to maximize what's called social attractiveness, according to a 2008 study, the magic number of Facebook friends falls somewhere between 100 and 300. Above 300 friends, your credibility is questioned and doubts are raised about your true popularity and desirability. Gratuitous friending is suspected. So rest assured that even with all the news about Facebook-induced greed, sloth, envy, and other various idolatries of self, know that while Facebook probably isn't redemptive, at least you can feel good about posting those pictures of your kid's lemonade stand or news about your latest promotion. And one last thing, for the betterment of humanity, just say no to duckface selfies. If the Savvy Psychologist is useful to you, please show your appreciation by subscribing to the podcast, liking on Facebook, adding me to your Google Plus circles, or emailing a link to someone important in your life. Thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. A transcript of the podcast and references for the studies I mentioned are always available on quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist. And of course, the Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for psychiatric care or psychotherapy with a licensed professional. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches Podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The anxietycoachespodcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.